You are listening to the Hingework Podcast, a conversation about creativity, joy, and authenticity from the overflow of true community. Welcome to the Hingework Podcast. Ah. <laughs> Please don't do that. It's already it's done. Already it's been, been done. done. Welcome. Signed, sealed, delivered. You're not editing this. This is Kent Mast, and you are a foxy lady. What's your name? Ashley Mast. This is Ashley's first time on the podcast. She seems a little more timid than She's normal, natural. which is understandable. <laughs> That's fine. I've got your number. Anyway, and we have someone else special here. Mark Buckwalter. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to say half the nice things I say to Ashley to you. Thank and you. And <laughs> next, God. we have a very special guest. I'm super excited. Friend, adventurer, collaborator, artist, <laughs> mountain climber, could go on. James Barkman. Ooh, hi, Mom. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Well, James, so you're back in the area. I thought maybe just kick off with kind of a broad brush view on what the last, I don't know, how many months has kind of looked like for you. You've been doing some, just some really awesome adventures. I mean, it like from like Instagram, like I just look at you and I'm like, wow. Yeah. So I just came back from a more or less like motorcycle and climbing trip, I call it. Um, for the last 17 months, I was riding with two other friends from Alaska to Argentina, or Alaska to Patagonia. What? So just came back from that. That <laughs> pretty much fully encompassed my life for the last year and a half. Um, and yeah, it's good to be back on American soil. I, I kissed it as soon as I landed. <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's what I've been doing. Um, yeah. So I was riding with two other friends. They're both from Pennsylvania. We all grew up here and have known each other basically our whole lives. The two guys are actually cousins, so they've actually known each other since <laughs> they've been like babies. <laughs> um, and the one guy, Alan, it was his idea to, uh, as soon as he graduates from college, go on a motorcycle trip. And he, he was just like, this is the hardest trip I can think of. Like, I can't think of anything more epic or adventurous, whatever than this. And so we kind of came on board um, and it evolved into what it became, which was like a a riding trip, but also like a high alpine, like mountaineering trip. Whoa. So that's kind of what we did. Um, it was probably, we talked about it for maybe four years before it happened and kind of got tired of talking about it. <laughs> and basically the day Alan graduated from college, we all left and rode up to Alaska to climb Mount oh. Denali. Wow. So it was, we worked for about a year before, so there's a lot of preparation just with the nature of what we did, which is like climbing, uh, like high alpine climbing. There's a lot of preparation that needs to happen. So it wasn't like, let's do this trip and we all quit our jobs and go. It was like <laughs> a lot more um, thought out and, and uh, we did a lot of preparation. But um, yeah, I, I would have to credit Alan with the original idea and we kind of all came on board and, and made it um, or helped make it what it was. Wow. That's freaking crazy dude <laughs> denali is how many feet it's 2320 20,320 wow pretty high <laughs> <laughs> so it's the highest mountain in north america mm. yeah. and it's a unique mountain in the sense that it's positioned super close to the arctic circle so a lot of mountains say like in south america mountains that are um 6, meter 20,000 foot mountains are so close to the equator, so the elevation or the barometric pressure is a lot different than a mountain that's that high um, and that close to the Arctic. 
So it's gnarly. It, yes, it's high, but there are other higher mountains all throughout the world. But it's um, definitely a, a pretty challenging mountain due to mm-hmm. its position, like the weather and all of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was kind of. Yeah, just like starting off the trip with like the gnarliest climb of the trip. <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. I love it. Yeah, you wanted to get out of like the seven to five job and everything like that and kind of go an adventure. And the last time you were over at our home, you were talking about like going to the Middle East and photographing there and just telling like real raw stories. Um yeah, so what's kind of like some of the passion besides, you know, just like the thrill and the bliss of like doing this, what is kind of like your heart and what you've seen God doing as you do these cool adventures? Yeah, I was actually just talking to a friend about this earlier today. Um, and the way I see a lot of things um, and the way I started, I'll just kind of like tell a story. So basically when I did quit my job, I had all these dreams and goals and I didn't really know uh, how to go about them, like how to pursue them. Mm -hmm. But um, I kind of just like stepped out in faith. I felt like, um, yeah, I just felt like I was, I felt like God wanted me to go after them even if I didn't have the plan. I just Mm kind of had like a little idea of what, of what it looked like or, Mm -hmm. or what I do next. And so when I moved to van, moved out west and kind of started doing what I've been doing, that was, it was really scary for me because like, I mean, that's, it's, it's hard leaving stability. And I mean, I had like a great job and career even mm-hmm. here, but I, I want to make decisions based on obedience and faith, mm-hmm. not like safety yeah. and, and, you know, financial stability. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did all that, it was, it was yes, it was like dreams and goals I had, but I really felt like I was being obedient with like this dream, like the seed of a dream in my Mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, like, what does it look like now? It's like, I I feel like, especially with um, the Middle East and not just the Middle East, my dream would be to transition more to working in conflict zones and Mm -hmm. and on like humanitarian issues, kind Mm -hmm. of some, some blend of like photojournalism Mm -hmm. and writing and, and, um, and photography and all that from an early age I've been exposed to a lot of um, like humanitarian issues we had some close family friends that escaped the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia I think when I was 12 I was at a Thai Burma refugee camp um, with Karen people group which um, there's a genocide going on at the moment Mm -hmm. so just being exposed to all those things I think has helped instill in me a desire to do something about it and Mm -hmm. not entirely sure what that will look like, but, um, I just want to use what I have for the kingdom, of course, but also to help people. Um, yeah, just, just to help communicate and, and tell stories that change lives. Ultimately, I just want to help change lives. (laughs) So if that can be done through the work that I do, then that would be the dream. Wow. Dude, I had no idea about, I I still don't know how to pronounce it Khmer Rouge Khmer Rouge yeah um I've been reading a ton on them recently. really yeah like insane just huh? never I started this huge journey which I didn't know was happening at the time of like delving into anything I could find on Vietnam which led into a lot of U.S. involvement in Vietnam which led into the borders around Vietnam which led into Cambodia and mm-hmm. holy cow dude <laughs> I, it's it's a mess it's like I what the crazy world. yeah that's 
so wild. Yeah, so there's there's like it? a huge community of Cambodians in Lancaster, actually. Really? Mm -hmm. so and a lot of which is like came here from because they were escaping the Khmer Rouge. Oh Pretty wild. Word. How did your family get connected with that? Um, I would. My dad has been involved in like um, refugee work more or less for decades. And he helps refugees coming into Lancaster, like find housing because mm. he's in real estate and mm. all of that. Um, and he's also involved with like uh, nonprofits and organized, or at least a few organizations that are faith-based, like helping um, the persecuted church in the Middle mm. East and things like that. So he's kind of been interested or involved in that type of thing. Mm. And yeah, that, that would be how our connection to the um, yeah. Cambodians first started. Holy cow, dude. But yeah, isn't it wild? And the thing is, like being exposed to that at a young age is, is I'm so blessed, um, I think, because once you see something, you can't really turn a blind eye. And the reality is mm -hmm. there's genocides happening right now mm -hmm. all over the world, mm -hmm. like, and no one's really doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. No one's talking about it. And it, it's been awesome to see, um, actually, for the um, Burma, the Burmese genocide for the Karen people group, there's been a lot of, in the last decade, there's been a lot of political pressure and like sanctions and, and all of that placed on Burma because um, of the stories that have been coming out of that from like whether journalists, photographers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And just to see the power of media and the power of communication mm -hmm. when used effectively actually changes a nation. And so mm -hmm. wow. that's, yeah, it's just awesome to see to kind of see like how that, to give you an idea of how that could work. Um, yeah. But wow. yeah. <laughs> that is so intense, man. Mm. Well, yeah, when I, when I think of like the images that you put out, it really is powerful. Like mm. the things that you capture and the things that your eye is drawn to, like it tells an effective, powerful story. Um, so I'm excited to see how you continue to just, follow the Lord's leading and capture the things close to his heart and the change that's going to result from just your simple obedience. Hmm. So love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it's like, I don't really know what it looks like, yeah. but I have this dream and I want to be obedient to it, mm. even if I don't know what it looks like right now. Mm. And so when I, when I moved in my van back then, it was just kind of like step by step, like, okay, I guess I'll move my van. I guess I'll go West and <laughs> kind of like trust that, um, mm you know, I'll like the next step will be provided and that's how it's been. And that's yeah. how I believe it will be. Mm -hmm. So I just want to use my skill set and my talents and dreams, um, for something bigger than myself. And, and like, whether it takes like 20, 30 years to prepare for that, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I just want to be obedient to what I feel I'm called to. So that's, if that kind of answers your question, yeah. it's like, I don't really, sometimes I feel like I don't really have vision or, or and, mm -hmm. or like a, an idea of what I'm doing, but I have this like deeper, um, kind of undercurrent of, of like, um, faith and obedience, I mm -hmm. guess that I'm striving towards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was amazed. Joel Bomberger one time said to me that you are one of like the most dedicated, intentional, just like. I want to figure this out kind of people. And so you had started to express some interest in like photography and you got a camera and you were like, I want to, I want to figure this out, but it's not like you were born kind of with a camera accessible. Right. I mean, you kind of like stepped into that and was like, I want to learn this tool. I want to learn this thing. 
and then like you said you kind of you got the van and you went out and you just took these steps of continued like progress in faith and i think like you said that's just amazing to have such a like a a long view of like Mm -hmm. i can learn and be obedient and grow and i don't see the full picture but but as i look at you i've seen you grow tremendously in photography you're like incredible incredibly (laughs) (laughs) incredibly artistic incredibly devoted to like the craft and then also kind of like um even in your life like living a life that's just it's not static or stationary but you're like you're moving towards something you know and god's like carrying you towards something and you're just Mm -hmm. like i'm on this ride and it doesn't matter how long um and i don't need to have it all figured out Mm -hmm. i think that's so wild yeah, I mean that it is. <laughs> Sometimes I f- I feel like, um, yeah. The the thing with I think being obedient to what God is calling you to is that it's it's not easy and it gets you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the time, I'm scared and and frustrated mm-hmm. with where I'm at, like with what the work I'm producing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's encouraging to hear that because yeah, I mean I guess I have this. Yeah, every artist is his most you know his biggest critic, critic yeah. and so I'm always like ah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't make anything the way I want it to be, but, mm-hmm. um, it is, I, I think I have been growing it. When I look back, I'm encouraged to see where yeah. I've come from and mm-hmm. how I've grown. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to, yeah, I don't want to, it's easy to be frustrated, but I think it's important for me to just remember like how God has been faithful and, mm-hmm. and how things kind of work out (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's really good that's awesome maybe share some of those steps if you remember of like okay i'm sort of i'm at this job what was that like wrestle like as you started to go i think i want to go buy a van and live in it like how does (laughs) did you just wake up one morning was like yellow vw bus (laughs) you know yeah i actually had a dream and um no, you didn't. Okay. Because <laughs> no. that wouldn't surprise it me. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, no, I think um, it, I, it's impossible for me to separate like faith and, and life yeah. because I believe God is extremely personal and I've mm. known him to be mm. extremely personal and interested and um, involved in my life down to like the nitty gritty mm. details. Mm. I love that. And it's not like God's over here and I'm over here doing my thing. It's like he's with me doing it. And uh, yeah, he doesn't make everything clear all the time. But mm-hmm. but um, when I was working here in Lancaster and, and didn't really know what I wanted to do, I had, I mean, I'm the type of person that ha- I want to do everything. So I don't know what I want to do. It's not that I don't have interest. It's just like, I don't know what to pick, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was the process of of my last five years or four years, whatever it's been, has been, um, I, yeah, it's just, it's just been like I, I can't speak or, or I can't take any credit for what's happened because every step of the way I've felt God telling, like directly asking me to make a decision or to, um, to like pursue a certain thing or, or to make this decision or make yeah. that decision down mm-hmm. to. Like when I quit my job, I felt like God told me to. And he told me to pursue creativity and, and told me to um, get out of my comfort zone and, and like trust him to mm. to um, like line up the next steps. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it's like, yes, he, I've 
Um, I want to like work hard and, and like, I, th I think a lot of people err to the side of not doing something because they're waiting for, for like God to, to tell them what to do. And I think mm -hmm. that's really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people are, are doing things and not like listening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, <laughs> I want to be a good balance of both yeah. of those things, or I want to be in the middle, I guess. And I, yeah, I'm just really grateful for God for like leading me. Mm -hmm. Um, every step along the way and mm. and that's truly why I'm here today because yeah. it's been real it's it's mm. God is personal and and he's created us with dreams and goals that he wants us to chase after mm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's so wild man yeah. I mean I feel like you've just been doing like awesome thing after awesome thing after awesome thing and it's just like incredible to watch to, to see you, like, step, I think, way out of your comfort zone and, like, conquer things and, like, mm -hmm. live a life of adventure. Um, at the same time, we've had a conversation of, like, people see your life maybe on, like, Instagram or whatever. And it's kind of like, wow, like, that reaction that totally comes from me because it is stunning. But you've opened up a little bit and been like, it's not always exactly roses mm -hmm. living this kind of life maybe walk us through like some of those things yeah it, it is like very challenging or at least this trip was very challenging like going into it we knew it wasn't going to be a vacation so and we were prepared for that but it was just really hard basically on every end of the spectrum like physically emotionally mentally spiritually um living and riding a motorcycle every day for 17 months is just really hard <laughs> in and of itself and then the climbing aspect is which is like usually pretty dangerous and like high intensity um is just really stressful and hard and like mix that with with um riding and then throw like two guys in there that are all pretty opinionated <laughs> it's pretty wild so um it's just it's interesting because I've, I've been thinking a lot about this it's like I um, would probably err to the side of just being like, I'm just going to go do it. And like, let's get, you know, not, I kind of uh, get uneasy around like maybe commitment and stability and things <laughs> like that, which I'm trying to work on. But um, I think, you know, everybody kind of has their strengths and weaknesses and I would rather just like risk it. And um, even if, even if I fail or it doesn't turn out the way expected, I would rather go for it and like kind of like live on the edge, right? Um, but it's interesting because on this trip, it's definitely been like living on the edge. <laughs> and the when you kind of um, are on that side of the fence, you start missing like the other side, which would be community and, mm -hmm. and like more, um, yeah, just like stability and community, all, all of those different things that come mm -hmm. with maybe being, having more roots or being grounded mm -hmm. in a certain place. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then when I, so I, obviously grew up in Lancaster and lived here, had a normal nine to five or seven to five job. Um, and when I was doing that, all I wanted to do was like mm. not have a job mm. and go do adventures. And yeah. then when you're do out doing adventures, like, oh man, it'd be nice to be in one place for a while yeah. well, and like have community. So it's, it's some interesting dynamics like that mm. um, to navigate, but I think there's no perfect, um, where the grass is always greener type of thing. Mm. And yeah. I've just really learned to appreciate what life teaches me no matter where I am, whether I'm yeah. like on a mountain or working a normal job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like just listening to you there. I was curious, like obviously, I, so I've spent a lot of the last 10 years trying to wherever Heather and I are establish community and connection and stuff. So mm. your perspective about like community um, is interesting to me. And obviously the intensity of 
three three dudes um like you mentioned strongly opinionated 17 months in 10 situations oh good we're down off the mountain now all we get to do is jump on our motorcycle it's not like you were sitting in a bubble bath after you got off the mountain you know the motorcycle <laughs> we was did waiting. <laughs> yeah nice well i'm glad to hear in 17 months no one's gonna accuse yeah. you of being too soft but just your perspective on community like um two sides the best part of the connection between the three of you guys, but then also as you were gone from a more expanded community, like what, what are you excited about coming back to or wanting to see established consistently in your life in regard to community that you missed along the way? Um, I, yeah, I'm definitely still figuring what it looks like practically for me because I do travel a lot for work and still live in a van (laughs) and and love that right like i live in a van so i can surf and climb and like wake up in the woods every day so um i do i'm kind of deciding like whether i want to be based in one area more um than i have been but to answer your question that is important to me and i I think i've kind of been on the other side you know away from community Uh, i mean of course i have like deep friendships i have it's important for me to surround myself with mentors and leaders and friends. Yeah. And, and that's like a huge part of my value system, but it's still not the same as like, you know, say you live in one area. Um, so I'm very much trying to figure out what that looks like for me now. Um, and I think whether or, or something, the trip and my lifestyle over the last three, four years has taught me is just the value for that. And that yeah. um, it's, I think it's easy to, when you are, base somewhere to let that happen organically or, or it kind of does happen organically, but when you're not, you have to be really intentional about like seeking those friendships uh, out and you have to take initiative and you you can't really like let people come to you. At least in my experience living here, it's been, you know, you have like a, you uh, say you go to church. I mean, it's like easy just to, it's, it's right there. Right. Um, So I've learned to value those friendships and, those connections so much more than I ever have before. And to me, it's like not optional to figure out your people and your community, your friendships. It's necessary. And when Mm -hmm. you structure that in, um, it's just, it just happens. Yeah. I think that's so good. So many times, uh, young people or even not young people will be like, well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I don't have any friends or they have a bunch of acquaintances with like, and I'm like, look, bro, if I just sit around and I never pick up the phone and make that effort mm-hmm. and be intentional, which is what I just heard you say, like, it's not for most people, it's not going to happen. You, if, if community is really something that you value, you do need to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And I think the value system is, is more important than the geographic approach. Absolutely. Right. So it's fine for, you know, it's, it's fine. So you're going to travel a lot with work and hobbies and adventure that's great Mm -hmm. but still i love when you said like knowing who my people are Mm -hmm. because i think that's um yeah that's just an important thing to be around um around those people um and then maybe um talk to us a little bit about um some of the uh maybe a high point um with your boys um, on the trip that shows like, yeah, this is awesome. This is why we're doing this, like the sweet spot of relationship with you guys. And then maybe if there's something on the other end of the spectrum that might be entertaining for us to hear about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, There's, there's a lot of high points and there's a lot of low points. (laughs) We'll put it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, one thing that comes to mind is I was climbing this mountain in Peru and um, we had left at, I think, 2 a.m. 
So it's pretty cold. Our base camp was at like 17,000, 18,000 feet. And it was a fairly challenging climb. It was about 3,000 feet of technical and exposed um, climbing on ice and rock. So it's like mixed. Mm -hmm. So you have like your ice gear, you have your rock gear. It's just a whole different thing climbing mixed mm -hmm. gear. Wow. So we climbed mostly in the dark. We came to a lot of dead ends where you'd literally just like come to like a thousand foot drop off is insane no and you have to backtrack and like figure out the route in the dark and the reason mm. we leave in the dark is because that's when the ice and snow is most compact because it's the coldest mm. so it's just like really hard really cold I had puked my guts out the mm. evening before from the altitude and so there's all these like challenging kind of like intense things going yeah. on mm. and um, as the sun came up we were um, kind of near the top of the the face or the north face we were climbing and there's just I I just remember it like it was yesterday. There's just like the sun's coming up. You see the landscape. You see the mountain rangers. No one's around for days. And we are just like screaming at the top of our lungs mm. like, oh, this is it. Like we're doing it. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because, you know, you make a mistake and you're dead. And so yeah. it's like that intensity with which, you know, high, um, the greater the risk, the greater the reward in yeah. my opinion. So it's just mm. like that being with your boys in and like, going you know climbing something that's challenging and scary and and then just like kind of you're we weren't done so this, there's this element of like fear and risk that's kind of always there yeah but then oh man i don't i can't even explain it that's just like a moment where yeah. to me that's like what it's all about being with your dudes mm. climbing together and yelling together and, <laughs> and just like experiencing it together yeah. right um yeah and i think i love that because it speaks to so many things i think um, too many times, like we, we live in kind of this, um, well, there's a quote about riding a motorcycle that's like cars lie to us and the air conditioning whispers, you're in control and everything's safe. And, <laughs> right. Motorcycles are much more honest because the reality is there's all kinds of stuff flying around you. It's closer than you think. Yeah. And a lot of it could kill you or is out to kill you. Um, you yeah, hurt yeah exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's just this whole quote about motorcycling being honest, which it applies to a million different mm -hmm. things in life that we can go on. But I think we have a tendency to kind of, uh, if we're not careful, just follow the path of least resistance to kind of safe lives that just ultimately a lot of times just end up as excuses not mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And then we miss out on that moment you're talking about where the sun's coming up mm -hmm. um, in this epic landscape. And you know you risked a ton, but you're like, yes, it was worth pressing through the fear or the all the million reasons not to do this for this moment. And I think when, you're, when you have that connection that you're experiencing that together relationally, that's pretty sweet. And I have to agree with you. I just don't see anything being one-dimensional. I think that's part of my attraction to climbing or high up on climbing specifically is that yes you you know it's it's just climbing but it's not it applies to the way you approach it and the way you deal with mm -hmm. risk and fear and and the process applies to your life and and it's just crazy and like riding a motorcycle yeah it's it's you're just riding a motorcycle but that it, it just affects you know the way you see things the way you approach things so mm -hmm. definitely yeah um, I would like to hear from you, maybe switching gears a little bit, but you talked about your personality. Like, I'm just like, yo, let's go. But you also talked about like the planning on the trip. I'm just curious, was there times on the trip where, and this is kind of coming from marriage too, because there's so many times I'll say to people like, um, initially maybe when we got married, I would see my wife um, at times as sharing something. I'm like, you're just trying to hold me back, right? <laughs> um, but she has kept me from jumping off a number of cliffs that would not have been good cliffs <laughs> 
jump off of. Over time, I'm curious if there was anything along um, on the trip where the other guys' gifts were like, hey, James, maybe can you just chill for a second um, and how that um, played out? Yeah, I, I just realized that uh, or learned to value that more than ever. Um, like Alan, his background is, well, the day he graduated school, he went or he got a degree for mechanical engineering. He's very like um, calculated and approaches things very matter of fact, like methodical. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I'm so opposite. I'm just like, let's do it. And, um, mm -hmm. and that's, I think I err to that side <laughs> way more than not. So him just, um, when I would rather just kind of like go with my gut or kind of wing it or risk it for the biscuit, whether on a mountain or just, you know, making decisions like throughout the trip, it's, it was just so, like so healthy and humbling often to, to be kind of like held in tension by him and like see, um, yeah, just see like the wisdom in and like just accept that other people are better at things than you are, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's just, I've, man, I've learned that definitely learned that the hard way. And same with Jeremy, like we all just have these gifts and skills that um, you kind of butt heads a lot, but you also complement each yeah. other and, and it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's such a huge part of healthy community, right? Is like mm -hmm. um, one of the things we learned along the way is like healthy community is a place where people are becoming more of an expression of the uniqueness of, of how God has made them to be, right? Mm -hmm. But um, kind of the journey to get there it comes out of that tension um, a lot of times. One if there's a specific story um, where you were ready to plow ahead um, or where you had to just kind of surrender what you wanted to do and where and how that worked out. Or earlier in our marriage, especially like, okay, I'll listen to you, Heather, but you know, it's kind of just because I'm trying to be humble and not like yeah. not recognizing like, oh, wow, thank God I listened to her. <laughs> like, which is now we're, you know, I'm much more... Um, yeah, much more open to be like, okay, I think she has something really good for me here that, that God has designed us to right, work right. together. Um, yeah, oof. Um, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of times like that. At, after we climbed Denali, we rode up to the Arctic Circle. It's like this, the, the, the furthest north you can drive, or um, we drove as far north as you could drive to this town called Prudhoe Bay, or a town called Dead Horse in Prudhoe Bay, like, zone, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and we were trying to do it as fast as we could because the weather was coming in and the Arctic is pretty gnarly in, <laughs> in with bad weather. And um, I think um, the one day I, it, it, when you're, when you're doing rides where like, you know, it comes down to like an hour, you know, we can't like miss this weather. Um, you have to be like really precise and calculated with your yeah. time. So the one morning I was kind of holding the team back because I was just tired and it was cold when we woke up and we were camping in the middle of the Arctic and we should have left at probably like 7 a.m. But I was like, ah, let's just like chill out this morning. I'm tired and, and like feeling haggard. And so we got a late start. Um, and because of that, it threw us back um, by a few hours and so like that evening um we we um camped like earlier than we should have or we should have been further along yes. by that evening yeah. mm. and because of that like we ran into a snowstorm that we almost didn't 
uh, get out of. <laughs> so basically there's like this pass in the Arctic that you have to get over and it kind of like when it snows, it just shuts everything down because you mm. can't get over this high elevation pass. And so my other buddy, um, basically he like when I slept in that morning or, or took my time, he was like, we should go, we should go, we should go. And I'm like, no, we're, we're fine. We're fine. And then that evening he's like, let's camp. I'm tired and cold. And I was like, no, we should go. We should go. And so there's kind of like both mm. of us were right, but both of us were wrong. Yeah. And because of that, we almost got stuck like in the Arctic during the snowstorm for about a week. So basically as we were going over the pass, we had to walk our bikes about two miles through the snow and ice because we were just like slipping and riding or as we were riding we were just slipping and, and mm -hmm. wrecking and uh, there's like a lot of avalanches and like people die up there it's pretty gnarly so they mm -hmm. closed the pass for like 40 miles that hour and we just so got over it so just like mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's interesting like you can yeah it's just an, sometimes you just have your opinions but when you don't work together it can and if or if you do work together it can really like change yeah. I mean, a lot of things. Holy yeah. cow, man. You did eventually post this on Instagram, but I think I reached out the day after this happened where there was there an avalanche and something with Jeremy, and you were like, I can't tell my mom about this. <laughs> and you were just really, really understandably frightened. Can you walk us through that story? Because I feel like that was just crazy. We had been stuck at high camp. It's about 18,500 feet for like a day and a half or two days it was from snow and so we left super early again like 2 a.m to kind of get the best weather conditions um i was leading most of the morning and uh, which like i was in front like breaking the trail and i just was switched with jeremy because i was getting pretty tired and um he had he yelled at me he's like hey look out for the crevasse because he just crossed this crevasse which is like a pretty deep crack or like underground cavern in a glacier um and you have no idea how deep they are i mean you could just fall forever i mean yeah <laughs> so to speak no. you know a, a glacier <laughs> um can be like you know up to three four thousand feet deep wow. so a crack in the glacier and basically a glacier is just like a, a frozen river that's flowing down so it bends it moves and when it bends the ice cracks and will create these like enormous holes or caverns mm -hmm. so that's more or less what a crevasse is mm -hmm. um he crossed the crevasse over a snow bridge and yelled at me to be careful and then the next thing i just heard this like whoosh real quiet and looked up and saw like the whole mountainside sliding down so I uh, just started counting and like, I, I knew he probably had like three minutes to live. So I just started making it, trying to get to him as fast as possible, which is hard at 19,000 feet and in like knee deep snow. And mm. I followed, we were connected with the 30 meter rope. I followed the rope till it got tight and just started digging frantically. I lost track of the time. So mm. it could have been three minutes. It could have been like eight minutes. I don't really know. Um, and it's kind of a miracle because when, the avalanche caught him. He kind of tumbled around in it. And if he would have landed in any other position that he was in, I would have never got him in time. Um, so I think it really came down to like, like a, it was like, you know, a minute away from him, not, not making it, but basically he wasn't breathing. He was all purple and like white and whatever just looked like a dead person. <laughs> and it was just a really paralyzing, terrifying moment. Cause I, in my mind, obviously I was like, he, he's not make he, like he didn't make it what am I gonna do I'm gonna have to like go down and come back up and yeah it's just all that's going through my mind so I just kind of 
screamed at him, like just punched him. I couldn't do um, like compressions because he was buried. I just had like his face dug out. So I gave him mouth to mouth as best I could for a few minutes and he just still wouldn't breathe and kept kind of doing that and like praying and cursing and <laughs> it was wild. Wow. And finally started breathing really slowly and then I kept doing like uh, mouth to mouth and compressions as best I could and then he kind of gasped and woke up. So that was a pretty intense, probably the most intense moment for me of the trip. For him, it was great. He just went to sleep and woke up and was like, oh, all right. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Sounds like some of my friends. Right. I'm like tripping. Mm. But um, that, I'm really grateful Jeremy made it. And that was a, a few, quite a few people died that season around that area from mm. avalanches and stuff. So it's, it's, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Mm. But um, yeah, that's, that's just like an insane moment and like probably the most like the deepest emotional connection I've ever had with a human being is being through that together. And mm. yeah. Yeah. Just seeing you keep following and chasing after God, like even through all these different adventures and things like he's still, yeah. Number one, like, I just love that. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you've run into a bunch of different people and circumstances and things where you've been able to bring like his love and joy that you wouldn't have here. Like, yeah, you're just following him. So I don't know. Do you have any things that you can remember where you're like, whoa, like, God, you brought me here for like this? There's been a lot of people that I kind of come into their life at a really hard time for them. And, mm -hmm. and just because of where I've been and, and my experiences, I would have like authority to speak into their life. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, yeah, there's like testimonies and, and all that. But mm -hmm. for me, it's more about being obedient than like having this list of results. Yeah. So I feel like I I have the assurance of like I'm being obedient to what I feel God is calling mm -hmm. me to. And you just see that along, even if it's like small details, like, yeah. yes, I, I believe in the supernatural. And I want people to get healed and, and they do. But like, mm -hmm. it's not about seeing the biggest, craziest miracles mm -hmm. or, or it's about being yeah. faithful and um, just being like available and, and willing um, mm -hmm. to, yeah, to, to be available. And, and I've, I, in the last few years, it's just, it's awesome to see the evidence of like, um, the evidence of, of God's direction and just like being in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. in people's lives when it just affects the direction they go, yeah. you know, what they believe, whether they're struggling um, to, yeah, determine like them things like spiritually or, or even just in, in practical ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of like just always or, or often seeing those type of things is, is just really in, is, um, how do I say? It's just really rewarding, I guess. Yeah. Even if they're small. Totally. Yeah. Like you get to just plant seeds as you totally. go. Totally. Uh, something that really like defined a lot of my perspective is God told me a while back that he doesn't need people with skills and talents and abilities and, and like all of this. It, he needs people that are full of like the character and nature of Christ and he'll give them the, the like talents and abilities and platforms. And that's just, I feel like so often I just forget that I'm like, Oh, I need to be better at this. Or like, I need to figure it out. I need to get in this like, um, zone, but it's like, no, it, I need to be like Jesus because that's the people he wants. And 
he can give you a platform tomorrow. You know, like we're all one handshake or one phone call or connection away from like our dream job or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's not hard for God to line up opportunities or connections or positions or relationships. That's like the easiest thing. There's just so much pressure, especially in a creative career to have all of that figured out. And it's like so for me, it's just like so backwards to kind of surrender that and be like, no, it's not about that. It's about this. It's about mm. like seeking the kingdom first mm. and everything else will be added Absolutely. to you. Yeah. And, and that's just like such a challenge, like a lifelong pursuit, right? Yeah. But I think I I hope I am growing in that or, mm. um, or am reminded of that every time I get like all swirled out about mm. everything else. <laughs> we are each day by day becoming more like him if we're in relationship with him mm -hmm. and it's slower than we want <laughs> <laughs> for sure but but the it's truth. happening yeah but i love that you're open to that voice of him coming to you and being like james i just want you yeah you know i'm gonna i'll figure out the details you are so right like we're one phone call away god can line all that up but like, yeah we need to have that connection with him <laughs> when I say these things, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That right? Listen to that. <laughs> Just listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was, I've been kind of um, involved in a buddy's life with his like creative journey recently. And, and just like he, he felt like God was asking him or he felt like he was needing to give up his like control on his creative career. And mm. he's just like all frustrated with like, mm. although, I mean, you know how hard it is. <laughs> and, yeah. He kind of felt like he's supposed to just surrender it and give it up. So he, he he's in nursing school right now, like in med school, because wow. he felt like it was he just needed to give it up. So he did, mm. and he kind of gave up that like that um, yeah his his like independence and control mm. of it. And then literally as soon as he um, went to like med school, and he's like, well, you know, I'm not giving up photography. I'll still do it, but I'm giving up like my right and like my control and everything. The New York Times like randomly hit him up and they're like, hey, we, we want to like, you know, bring you on as as this photographer for like the whatever it was. But it, all that to say that it was just like this insane. I mean, that's a pretty much a career maker, in wow. my opinion. Yeah. And right after he was obedient and like surrendering yeah. his control and all of this, like he pretty much had this insane opportunity mm. that came to him. I mean, and, and for years he'd been trying to make it work and like mm. trying to network, trying to connect, and mm. it just wasn't really happening. Yeah. And then as soon as he like surrendered, mm. that just fell in his lap. And I, I just think that's so profound. And oh I think, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's just convicting to me. It's like, mm. oh man, like the, the, the more you hang on to your, mm. your deal, like the, the further it slips away from you often, I think. And it's yeah. just such a backwards way of thinking. Yeah. Do you feel like you're trying, it feels like there's a sense of conviction. Do you feel like you're trying to build your own kingdom or? Well, I, I think I, the nature of who I am, I just kind of like swing to one side and swing to the back yeah. to, to the other. And it's not like, Oh yes, I want to build my own kingdom, but right. I'll, I'll be like, Oh, I'm totally not trusting God in this. Like I'm, mm. I'm doing my own deal. And just like convicted, reminded, and you're like, yeah, I'm going back to like, mm -hmm. back to the basics, right? And then you kind of like forget about it, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing my. Th and then you're like, why am I so swirled out? And you're like, yeah. oh right. <laughs> and then you get convicted or, or whatever. So, for me, my life has been a process of just like, yeah, just just 
being convicted and just like um whether through the lord whether through people whether through whatever and just always like going back to that first love like yes seek first the kingdom of god and its righteousness and everything else will be added to you and yeah that's that's just like i just always want to come back to that it's hard to stay in that place (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know but it's yeah. yeah yeah have you had any tough conversations with God over this journey of like just something you'd be willing to share of like I personally for me God kind of led me into business and mm. there have been times where there is not business and I'm like what are you doing you know <laughs> like I don't understand and there's just there's probably been four conversations <clears throat> I'm walking down the or we're driving down the road with Ashley and she's just kind of getting after like well what is the what's the deal why are you so hung up or whatever and I'm like I just wish I knew what this was supposed to look like. (laughs) And then she presses a little more and I'm like, I just wish I was God. (laughs) I'm serious. Like I wish I knew what this was supposed to, and that's the level in my heart of like control uh, to just like know. Mm. And so, (laughs) and and I'm human, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just me kind of wishing I would see something that God doesn't always give. Like you said, kind of the full blueprint and I just get, I can get hung up if, mm. like, I feel stretched beyond my comfort zone. Is there, then that so, wouldn't be any fun, though. It really <laughs> wouldn't maybe be as fun, but... It'd be less stressful, though. But sometimes I might have more fun. <laughs> um, yeah, any hard conversations that you can think of? Oof, every day. <laughs> Amen. No, it, that's really real, because, like, I mean, I... Yeah, it's, it's just like, man, am I doing the right thing? Like, it... Often I might not struggle with like, am I in the right field or whatever? It's just like, am I making the right decisions? I mean, I think I don't need, yeah, I'm just trying to find like words for this, but that's, I don't know if there's like a big circumstance, but it's more just like this mindset of, of like, am I blowing it? Like, am I Mm. (laughs) fully just like so far from where I should be? Mm. Or like, did Mm. I miss, um, kind of the opportunity or, I mean, that's, that's like such a real thing that I think is always fighting to take control of my mind. And I find that, um, the more, yeah, I've, this is kind of hard to describe right now. Cause I'm kind of in, I would say like in the middle mm, of that yeah, type of yeah. thing where it's mm. like, I, the, I need to surrender my desire or, or my, um, need to like understand and know and, I've just been wrestling a lot with like trusting and because just this whole what kind of what I described about heading in a different uh, direction creatively Mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. more like conflict humanitarian stuff. Yeah. That's just like really hard to know um, how to approach it practically. And it's and the more I get stressed out, the more I try to like figure it out myself and Mm -hmm. then the more I get stressed out. So that's Mm -hmm. just like this constant battle that recently I've had a lot of freedom of and kind of um just keep I feel like God keeps reminding me of like look you can you can like even if you you can create your own career you can be successful but like if you do it outside of me it'll Mm -hmm. never have the impact and it'll never have the effect that it Mm -hmm. would if I was involved and it's just so true like my friend Mm -hmm. recently uh reminded me of of the verse where I think it goes like, unless the Lord builds the house, the people labor in vain. And that's just what I want to be true of my life. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to build my own kingdom or build my own deal outside 
of God, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I've just been like <laughs> kind of growing a lot in, in that very thing of just like trusting and um, truly trusting on like a heart level to the point where like I'm not living in worry or stress mm-hmm. or fear. So I, I, yeah, sorry, I don't, I feel like I don't have like a circumstance, but oh, that's yeah. just like this ongoing yeah. kind of perspective and battle to, to, um, yeah, just like see things the way God sees them. And, and like mm. the more you surrender, the, um, the easier that gets. But yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, a phrase that just came to my mind was that like, you know, like, um, you know, God is our father, right? So it's like a father, I think, sets out, whether he does it or not, I think a good father sets out to take his children on an adventure, like to give them something so almost like huge and able to be conquered with him. It's not just me pushing my kids out the door, but it's kind of me going like, Mm -hmm. son, let's go on an adventure. Let's like conquer something. Um, And I just, you know, things like David and Goliath, David stepping into kingship, um, were there mm-hmm. things along the way that happened like Bathsheba? Yeah, I mean, stuff happens, you know. <laughs> he brings us into an adventure to conquer things like fear, mm-hmm. to conquer things like self-dependency versus depending mm-hmm. on God, mm-hmm. to take us way out of our comfort zones. I mean, I know Ashley would say that with like motherhood. motherhood. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you set out, yeah. you almost set out on something that you knew you wanted, you know, and you would say mm-hmm. that with your life, James, and I would say that about probably my, my business and things. It's this thing that we kind of wanted, but then it's like, God, like, you get to a place where it's like, only he can kind of carry you through Absolutely. this from this point. So it's like um, harder than you thought it would yeah. be. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I know you wake up every morning, and I wake up every morning, and you wake up every morning. We have these things of like, I, I, don't, I don't really see the full picture even yeah. yet, even though we've conquered the day before or all these things. We just, we just keep taking steps and taking steps. Mm-hmm. But um, to, I think every person's journey is unique. And so with you, James, I feel like God is doing this specifically in a way that gives you crazy, maximum, amazing amount of adventure. Um, and then also um, that those adventures with him would conquer things like fear mm-hmm. and build this amazing like tight knittedness with him mm-hmm. um, that like Jesus um, kind of sets us each on the path that he knows we need yeah. to mm-hmm. become more closely united with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so, man, I just think that's awesome. Really good. <laughs> and so no matter what you're doing, you know, if you think you're missing something, Mm-hmm. it's just not true because mm-hmm. if you're with him, he's the point, yeah. right? You know, you can't miss it if you're with him. Totally. That's really good. So, yeah. It's so oh, like you said, man, I just wish I knew what mm-hmm. it looked like. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the realest thing, huh? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I want to know. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think he smiles a little bit and says, I know you do. <laughs> maybe he doesn't really say much more beyond that sometimes and I wish he did but um, you know it's like Kai like or yeah Wilder can't talk yet I'm sure he'll be a little bit more vocal <laughs> about this but Kai's kind of like vocal. so where are we going or, or what are we doing or what are we going to do when we get there and he like asks like three times or mm. something and you're like <laughs> I told you we were going to do this thing 
and we'll see when we get there. It's probably we're going to Target. <laughs> yeah, it's probably nothing too epic. But I think like kind of a pre thing to everything I just said was um, I've just gotten kind of this word or picture or something of like, are you, this is directly to me, like leading your children on an adventure? Mm. Um, or does it look kind of like every else or stability or comfort or something Mm -hmm. and um i've just been more convicted of that with wilder because that boy is crazy um he (laughs) i love that he's awesome i mean i love it but he just like roars and screams and wants to be (laughs) held but as soon as you pick him up he relaxes as soon as you pick him up and start moving and start walking and start taking him on something Mm -hmm. he's like this is all I kind of wanted. And I feel like the same thing with us. It's like um, God has us on an adventure. He's writing a story. He loves us. He's holding us. And there's just something about, are we going to just let him, are we going to let him take us there? Yeah. Um, or are we going to fight and scramble for control? Yeah. Um, mm. So I kind of love that he's taking you on an adventure like, even way bigger than maybe you thought like five or six years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that you would have been like, I'm climbing Denali like, <laughs> now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that is just a, it's just a dream that I thought would never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so I think five or six years from now, we're going to be like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that That's, I really believe that. And it's like, I feel like I'm very future um, minded and like goal driven. So I'm always like, Oh, how am I going to get here? Mm. But then, like I said this already, but just looking back and and seeing Mm. how God has been faithful and, and it's like, can, there's never been a time that he's ever hung me out to dry. Right. Mm. And it's just every, I don't know why I like always look to the future and and kind of worry. Not that I'm like always worried, but I mean, I think everyone deals with like an element of, of fear or Mm -hmm. like uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, why do I always get stressed out when, there's you can look back and and just every time see mm-hmm. how God has been faithful. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, that's I I really like what you said. It's, it's pretty good. Cool. A little bit more recently, you started out with Welsh Mountain Co. Um, tell us about some of that. Tell us about what it is. What got you to this point of like dreaming about that? Yeah, um, for years I've wanted to kind of be a part. Of, or I didn't really know what it looked like, but I wanted to um, like kind of design or manufacture leather products or canvas or some kind of line of like hardware. Um, and every time I tried, there wasn't really the right team or I didn't really have the skill set. And how Welsh started is um, there's three co-owners and um, our uh, leather craftsman has been in the leather industry for three generations. So he's pretty much as dialed as you can be. And um, the other guy is definitely on the, or he has a lot of experience with like um, finance and marketing and, and business. And I would be more the creative side with like the product design and all of that. And we kind of all came together and it was just like a perfect, um, a perfect like uh, team to um, kind of create Welsh Mountain. So actually, um, on the motorcycle trip, we designed and made um, panniers. So we had like tank bags, we had saddle bags, and some other stuff that was really awesome to 
um, create and, and test out. I, mm. I don't have enough good things to say about leather and especially motorcycle, like mm. veneers and stuff. I mean, I think any other type of uh, saddlebag or motorcycle luggage that we would have had, whether like hard luggage or, or soft, would have been absolutely shredded. Mm. Um, or I'd, I'd know that. Like I've one day I wrecked at probably 60, 65 mm. and lucky to get out of that one with no broken bones, but the bag we're just totally fine, even though they're getting shredded right. all the time. Cool. So it's exciting to, to like build things and use them and just see, yeah, just kind of put them through the test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So durable and For sure. steadfast. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm just super impressed. I feel like led to just be like, dude, you're such a creator. Like, I love that. I feel like you put your hands to something or you, you put your heart to something first, I think. And then you're like, dreaming and thinking but you want it to be great too which i love that like craftsmanship mentality it's not just like let's like throw a bunch of stuff together and just make a ton of money and then like it's crap and falls apart and nobody (laughs) actually Mm. wants it anymore but you like put your heart to something then you put your hands to something and then you're like and you just like launch it or like bring other people (laughs) along or like build community around Mm. those things and Mm. I definitely see that in your life, in your friendship, in the things that you create um, and like the dreams you dream and and the people you bring around you. I feel like a lot of everything you've said today is about bringing the right people around Mm. you, you know, Mm, Um, totally about like as you climb and work your way up these mountains and treacherous conditions or like just like the right people to be in the, the bags or the leather making process and just surrounding yourself with friendship and the right people. Yeah, totally. I think um, over the last year, if I've learned anything, it's that life is so much more about the people you do it with than Mm. what you do or Mm. don't do. Mm. Um, And that's just, yeah, that I just see it more clear than I ever have. Mm. And yeah, I don't want to have all these accomplishments at the end of the day and then kind of miss um, the people along mm. the way, which I believe the only eternal thing we have in this life or the only internal thing we can invest in is relationships and people. Where can people keep up with you? Where would you send people? Is that Instagram? Is that? Yeah. Whew, shoot. Um, at the moment, my website, which has been, um, which would be what should, <laughs> or what I should have, um, is kind of under construction slash yeah. has been, like MIA because of the trip I've been on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hoping to work more on like that end of things. But my name is just James Barkman. So you can follow me there. Um, pretty inactive in other areas <laughs> of social media <laughs> because of this trip. I've mostly yeah. been out of service, but um, Instagram is the platform that I am present on. So cool. At James Barkman. And Welsh Mountain. <laughs> right. And one. yeah, Welsh Mountain is our, is the Welsh Mountain account. So yeah at Welsh Mountain. Awesome, sweet. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, James. Always a pleasure. Um, I just remembered we went out to California and Kai, when he was super young, was like (laughs) sitting in your van and I'm just like, (laughs) I'm sitting there praying the anointing. James Barkman's bark van, Melody bark van, (laughs) that he would become a wild, adventurous boy. Careful what you pray for. Amen. (laughs) Ashley's over here cringing. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us, and um, I love you. Love you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Hinge Work Podcast. 
Hingework is a creative co-working space in the heart of downtown Lancaster, PA. Find out more at www.hingework.com.